Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Dear listener, welcome to the Late Night Alternative. Last show of the week, I'm Ian Lee, who are you? Catherine Boyle. Oh, very, very, very exciting. You can call us, of course you can, 0344-499-1000. But all you might just want to sit back and relax, as uh, we've got live on the phone... It's Robin Asquith. Hey, Robin, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Ian. Sat here perched on the edge of a cliff. God, don't do it, Robin. Don't do it. M- metaphorically and literally. <laughs> yeah, that was... Now, uh, I, I, when we get a guest on, I always like to have a little dig around yeah, and you see, see if someone's... if they've ever done a record. Was that uh, you just singing? Yes, it was. It was, um, it was written by Ray Cameron and produced by Ray Cameron, who's Michael McIntyre's father. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was heck? written by him. They, I was doing Confessions of a Holiday Camp, I think, at the time. And they, yeah. it was, uh, it was, they, people said, you know, why haven't you done, you, you know, Eric Hall, the, um, the football agent. Monster, uh, he, monster. Yeah, him. He, he was. Uh, he, he really put, said, "Yeah, oh, come on, you've got to make a record." This and the other. And a whole uh, Mike King from the King Brothers was another guy. Yeah. And they, uh, I said, "Yeah, well, there's one drawback here. I can't sing." <laughs> and they said, "No, no, no that doesn't stop. That doesn't stop anyone." And um, so they they wrote this song, banged me in the studio, and that was it. And um, I sang it live on the Mark Boland show, which was uh, uh, sensational. What? Now, I'm aware of the Mark Boland show. This was this weird kind of... Mm. It was pop and rock and roll, but it was also like a kid's tea time yeah. show. David Bowie was... famously was on it, and you did it live. Yeah, I did it live, because, because they, they just changed the rule that um, <laughs> you couldn't mime. Um, right. It must be changed again now. Uh, so you couldn't mime, which, of course, uh, I thought, oh, no. And I was touring my... The Confessions live show. So I, I was in Leeds. I had to go to Granada, which was in Manchester. Uh, and I was pooing myself because I thought, oh my God, I, I can't sing. I've got to sing. You know, because when you're in a studio, you double track things, you sing yeah. along to, to, to set tracks. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do. Um, uh, so I, I was uh, wetting myself. And also, it was Mark Boland, for heaven's sake, um, who, who apparently quite liked me. Um, and. Um, and it was produced by, do you remember Pussycat Willem? 
before your time? That's a little bit before my time, Grandad. There was a children's show, and I can't think of a name now. The producer of Mark w- w- was the, the lady that used to operate Pussycat Willem, <laughs> Willem and Fred Owl. Once again, right, before okay. your time. Anyway, yeah. so I, I w- w- went on, and you can see it on YouTube. There I am singing and dancing with girly wow. dancers and stuff and singing live. Where, where uh, are you right this thing? So you're on, you're on a mountain. You're, are you in Gozo? Yeah, I'm in Gozo. I just... Well, I got... Um, I, I, I was over doing some... I did my pantomime uh, and then did some other bits and pieces. I was doing my one-man show all over the place. And then something I did with Stuart Lee, which I can mention in a minute. And then uh, oh. Oh. Uh, then I thought, oh, I'll just come back here. Um, and uh, th- then I got locked down. You know, that, that's the end of it. I was, I was supposed to be in the UK this, this week. But that's why I phoned you, contacted you and some other radio yeah. people. Because usually you only go on the radio when you're plugging something. And, yeah. I thought, and people like yourself always say, oh, you must come back, you must come back, it doesn't matter. And you never do, because you've always got to have something to plug. Well, I've got nothing to plug. Beautiful. I'm, Beautiful. I'm sat on the, on the cliff here um, um, phoning radio presenters. <laughs> what is, uh, I've got my friend Catherine here as well who's doing the show. With hey, me. Robin. It's Hello, nice darling. To meet you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Did you see how his tone changed? <laughs> he did a bit. He's all chirpy chappy with me. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. <laughs> well, no, it's because I don't know her. I know you. You've you've come into a house that I was staying in and poured coffee all over me. We've shared we've shared liquids. He um, remembers that we did share. I can't do that anymore. That was one of the you can't. That was one of the most embarrassing things. I get invited to the house you're staying in, and we're having a chat, and I just poured coffee all over the place. It was everywhere. That means he likes you, Robin. Table, so for me, you. I thought it was something you did to sort of provoke a reaction. Um, well, I was I was surprised. It wasn't that bad, but you insisted we both take our trousers off, which I thought was a little excessive. No, well, it was good, and it was good radio. It was it was good fun. It was good bonding. So what? I, now listen. I don't know. I don't know Gozo, but but um, as someone I used to work with years and years ago, Leo Martin, yeah. who worked on the eleven o'clock show and stuff, she's over there a lot. But I don't know what Gozo is. Is it an island? Yeah, well, yes, it's an island off Malta. And right. I first came here in 1969. I was doing a um, commercial with uh, Ridley Scott, um, who, who, who wow. I'd who just done a commercial for, for Summer County. And he said, oh, oh I'm doing another one with my brother, Tony Scott, um, for Thompson Sky Tours. It involves driving beach buggies a la Steve McQueen on, on, on a beach and um, snogging girls. Um, we thought you'd be your cup of tea. Um, and I have no idea, Kath, why that would be. As, I've seen um, your films, mate. Don't don't pull that one. <laughs> no, I, no, seriously. I had, I, I'm a, you asked Samir Ahmed. I'm a beta male. I this any case. I so I was um, came over to Malta to do the filming, and somebody brought me on a speedboat over to Gozo, and I just fell in love with the place wow. all, all those years back. And wherever I've been, and stayed, and gone to in the world, I've always come back here and have um, lived here for 27 years. Um, now we we. We were emailing a bit, and it's so nice. It's so nice. I was so thrilled when you emailed, and I texted Catherine. Robin wants to come on the show, and, and of course, without a moment's hesitation. And I said, "We're kind, you know, all the other shows are doing. You, you could die of this, and you must not go yeah, out. No, we're not doing that." No, and I said, well, you know, what we're doing is we're entertaining the troops. You know, this is Correct. kind of our wartime effort. I'm George Formby, and Kath is Gracie Fields. And you went, oh, oh, I've got a Gracie Fields story. <laughs> it, 
can you tell well, it on the radio? Pardon? Can you tell it on the radio? Most probably not, but I'm going to. Here it's, we go. I love it. It's a great story. It's, um, um, I've just followed you, by the way, Kath, on Twitter now, because I'm Hooray, a dick. I, bloody, yeah, I yeah. shall follow you not back. Out of any interest. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with this at all. Um, but no, it was um, a friend of mine had a, uh, got to know David Niven very well. And um, David Niven w- was a womanizer and, um, and uh, very popular with the ladies. Uh, and this lady friend of mine told me this wonderful story. He was having dinner in Monaco with um, Prince Rainier. Was it Prince Rainier or King Rainier? What was he? You know, the guy, uh, Prince Rainier, who, who was also yeah. a womanizer and ran Monaco and uh, everything else. And at the time, of course, had married Grace Kelly. And yeah. Prince Rainier leant across to David Niven and said, listen, uh, you have slept with um, more women than even me, you know. Uh, tell me, tell me honestly, David, who is the best in bed uh, of all of them? And there was a pause and David Niven went, oh, that's easy. It was Grace C. Fields. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? There is no autobiography finer than the moon's a balloon when i write uh, mine um which Which is is the second finest of course yes yours is the second finest just after moon's a balloon yes well funny enough i uh to to, um to write you have to read uh that that's the way you as you must we know that that's how it works so i to write the book i had to write i read um, I read Moon's a Balloon, Bring on the Empty Horses. Um, I read some Nick Hornby, Stephen Fry, uh, and all sorts of other stuff, a lot of autobiographies. But nothing um, got me in the mood more than Moon's a Balloon. It, it's absolutely yeah. sensational. And oh, it's relentless. written by himself. Yeah, it's relentless. And every now and then you read a bit and you go, well, I, I, this may be made up, but who cares? But the, sto- the, the the anecdote about David Niven that I always tell my boys, and I don't, <laughs> my boys who are 10 and 8, is the yeah. bit where he's, he's out skiing and he has a pee and he gets frostbite in his willy yeah. and he has to ski down a mountain to a bar and gets a glass of brandy and just puts his <laughs> dick in the brandy yeah. to stop the frostbite. Yeah, cock over. There's something in there. Yeah. Carpet Martin yeah. has tweeted us saying, "Get this is this is very bossy. Get yeah. Robin to tell the Zeffirelli story." I can't tell that on the radio. Can you not? Well, yeah. Well, I can. I can but he's dead, of course, now. So you can say what you like. And that when you write an autobiography, um, the first thing the lawyers say to you is is uh, make make a dead list. And you, you, you say, what do you mean? Well, who are you writing about who's dead? Because basically you can say anything rather yeah. amazingly about anyone that's dead, but rather wow. when they're alive, you can't. So I've always had to go very, very careful. But I know this Carpet Martin. He's, he's, I think he's a, he, it's on a radio station, isn't he? Riverside. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a funny guy. Yeah, very funny guy. Yeah, but yeah. He, 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 funny, he came to my stand-up quite recently. And, I, yeah. and obviously where he's picked this up from. And... Um, it's quite a complicated story, um, but it led to, it, it, it drops all sorts of names. But basically, it 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 starts 
with me making a film called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, directed by Franco Zeffirelli. And it was a miserable, yeah. miserable experience. Uh, we were all monks. And uh, Peter Firth, Mickey Feast, Ken Cranham, um, uh, Lee Lawson, there was a whole load of us um, all, all dressed up as monks, being thoroughly miserable, wafting around Gubbio and Assisi, because um, it was about St. Francis of Assisi and getting stoned and um in any case the, the things would happen we were staying in this um in this uh, monastery and things would happen untoward uh, which nowadays would most you most be able to take someone to court and make a great deal yeah. of money out of it but um things were happening that weren't uh, uh, particularly of my sexual interest let's put it like yes. that and um it became most disturbing um, and a great actor writer Bruce Robinson who wrote with Nell and I and, and the film course. is about him um, had warned me because he was on Romeo and Juliet that, that all this m might happen uh, yeah. I think I'm swerving around this quite well here you're doing and, it wonderfully um, yeah and um, uh, so I had enough of it and eventually with the help of uh, the props guys and everything I, I escaped in a lorry to Rome wow. airport um, wow. I actually ran away from a film um, and um, escaped and got to Heathrow Airport and um, I mean obviously in the live stage version I can, be, I can go into a lot more detail but um, at the airport I'm stopped and I had a purple pair of loons on trousers, a t-shirt, I was very skinny because I'd taken so much weight and I also had a, a tonsure and um, yeah. so I looked quite odd and um, the customs man said, um, I just want to go through your stuff here in the case. And, and I said, yeah, yeah, go on, go on. I was just so pleased to be back in England. And so he opened the case um, and went through. He said, what's this then? And there was a matchbox with some roaches in. And oh. um, he said, well, well, what's this then? I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, well, it's nothing. I said, it's, you know, it's, he said, uh, it's cannabis risen, sir. I said, well, it might have been, but uh, it's not anymore. You know, it's just the ends of a thing. Oh, all right, so yeah, I'd come through, and he took me through to another room. Uh, and um, he bent me over the table and oh. put a rubber glove on and um, d did a bit more exploring. And I turned around and said, you know, it's funny thing, life. I said, but I've just been avoiding this for the last three months. Um, uh, and that, that, that gives you the rust rough tone of the story uh, but it oh. gets to the punchline but th there's a little bit more which um, is a few days later I get a call from um, a strange call unintelligible uh, Italian accent hello 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 uh, Robin Robin Robin, uh, Robin Asquith um, I, I said yes who is this he said my name is Pier Paolo Pasolini and I said oh f and Whoa! Um, you can't say that, Sam! Don't, don't! You can't that, drop an F bomb! Oh, uh, no, F, oh, right, yeah, F off. Uh, F off. You can't, you, thank and, you very uh, much indeed. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Apologies to the people watching on YouTube. Go on. Oh, oh I see. Oh, of course, I bloody I forgot about that. No. We're on the uh, radio! Oh, of course! Yeah, but they're watching on YouTube. It's too complicated. I'm just, listen, I'm poised on the end of a cliff. It's too complicated for me to understand any of it. Go on, I was doing right. so well. I apologise for yes, that. That will not happen right, again. don't worry. We got it. We got it. I, I told you this story would end in tears. Anyways, but yeah. that's how I met, uh, very fortunately, Pier Paolo Pasolini. Because it was Pier Paolo Pasolini who hated Zeffirelli and rather liked the fact that I'd run away from him. Oh. And that's how I became to be in Canterbury Tales. Robin, do I remember correctly? Cause I'm, it was a while that we we met. Did, did you mm. did you meet Jimi Hendrix? 
Yes. You yeah. did, didn't you? Go on, t- give, give us that one again. I love it. Uh, yeah, but listen, but, but, but I, do you know what I thought you might do tonight as a surprise? I thought you might get our mutual friend on the phone. Oh, Leo Martin. I've not spoken no, no, to Leo. Oh, <laughs> I could have got Mickey on the phone. Of course I could have got Mickey on the phone. I, I thought, because I know how clever you are, I thought I'd suddenly be going, hey there, hey there, Rabbit. I thought he's going to be there. <laughs> that's a, uh, for those who've never heard Mickey speak, let me dead. tell you, that's that's a surprisingly good impression. Because you would have been you were, would have been at ITV, I, I get, I'm going to guess 82, 83, when he was doing Metal Mickey, and Correct. you were doing Bottle Boys, I suppose. Correct. But we no, but we were introduced in the seventies by a guy called David Bell, who was the head of light entertainment at London Weekend, who said yeah. that there's two guys that should ever get together. It's Robin Asquith and Mickey Dolenz. And Again, to, to be honest, we, we we hated each other because there's nothing worse than being told you get on with somebody uh, yeah. comedically and everything. Um, but then. Uh, we became firm friends and still are to this day. And, um, and, uh, he, he, but we never actually did anything, uh, uh, rather sadly. And we had a great idea for a television series, which now would be called Mrs. Brown's uh, Boys. Um, yeah. it, was, it was the two of us larking around in a television studio with the cameras, going in and out of a situation comedy, which, of course, was laughed oh. out of the studio. Uh, yeah. That was our idea, and it was turned down. But you're right, then a few years later, he was doing Metal Mickey at the same time I was doing Bottle Boys. You two um, working... Because here's one of the things about... Well, 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 indulge me, dear listener on a slightly geeky monkeys chat a he's got a brilliant voice but people forget he's a great actor as well he's a really funny actor i know i know hey there um he's um uh, he's 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 terrific no he's terrific all around and and i he just had enough of everything well you know all this but for the people um listening he'd had enough of everything and the monkeys were sort of sinking a little bit and there was a lot of uh, uh, and he didn't know what to do so he came to England and he married um, uh, a lovely lady called Trina uh, had three daughters uh, and through that whole era that sort of 10 years he and I were were pretty inseparable and he became very English he took up polo uh, he bought a hall um, he had a tennis court uh, and a sports um, pavilion which was called the Asquith Pavilion where we put all our you know squash (laughs) things and uh, tennis rackets and and uh, he he became like the lord of the manor yeah Um, but we never, never actually were together. But, but that, 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 that's right. We were at London Weekend together, and under uh, David Bell, if you'll excuse the expression, and um, and John Burt, rather bizarre. Wow, that building's yeah. gone now. They've they've turned that building into flats or a hotel or I something. I know. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Talk Radio. So, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Because I know Kath wants to hear about Jimi. Of course I um, do. Tell me. <laughs> Don't Are you sound sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. No, no, no. no well, I feel like Kath has nodded off. No, no, no. I'm mesmerised. Oh, right. <laughs> Again, you're sounding sarcastic. I th- I'm northern. This is how I sound. Oh, I apologise. Well, Sorry. I'm northern. <laughs> I'm northern. I'm from Southport. Are you? My granny's yeah. in Southport. Who did? My grandma. Do you know her? No, mine. you wouldn't. <laughs> no, my, grand- my, my, my grandmother used to live in Southport. And, she uh, lived in Banks. Road. Oh, there we go. You're not related, though. Wouldn't this be something? No, my grandma... My grandma was from Salford and she uh, went out there as a, a pensioner. Right, OK, OK. As many do. OK. Tell us the bloody Hendrix story, Asquith. Oh, yeah, Hendrix. No, so I was making a film uh, in, in Hollywood. It was called Hans Brinker and the Silver Skates. I played Hans Brinker, the, 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 the main part. And I was about 19. And um, John Gregson was my father. Eleanor Parker was my mother. Um, fantastic cast. Richard Basehart played this doctor. He was great, fantastic to work with. You know, 19 to work with all these people was amazing. And, but a whole section of it was shot in Studio Hamburg. And um, I think we were like in Studio Hamburg for about 16 weeks. It was a huge shoot. And a lot of singing and dancing on ice as well. I had We had to wow. train out to uh, ice skate and dance. And as a treat, because we worked so hard, um, the, the producer said, we're going to take you to see um, uh, Jimi Hendrix tonight at the whatever Haller in Hamburg, which would have been one of wow. his last performances, actually. And um, yeah. so we were sat on the front. Now, he'd been told there's these, um, uh, you know, actors, um, uh, Hollywood actors coming and would come backstage to meet him afterwards. Um, so uh, I was taken backstage by this gorgeous uh, sort of girl with a, 
split skirt and, uh, and a, a reeking of cigarettes and all sorts. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, my God, this is so cool. And we were taken backstage, and there was Jimi Hendrix with his purple pair of trousers um, and a sort of women sort of draped off him and a, and, and a spliff the size of a... Well, it was a Camberwell carrot, you know. It was a real... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Nell and I jobby. And he's gone, hey, Mr. Brinkerman, to me, um, have a talk on this. Now, I, I really hardly drink and hardly do, you know. That I, I really am quite... What, what would very well behaved, uh, but of course you can't say no. It's Jimi Hendrix, no, no. so I got very stoned with Jimi Hendrix, who then wow. uh, confused me with Brian Jones. He thought no. I was who he knew, but he got yeah. so stoned he thought I was Brian. So he was going, "Hey, do Brian, you know?" Because well, I can't play any instrument at all. Um, no. so, so we were going off to these clubs in Hamburg, as with Jimi Hendrix, um, uh, but, but having to avoid uh, playing any instrument uh, oh, because I couldn't play any instrument. And Brian Jones, as you know, could practically play every instrument. So yeah. um, You did have a look of the Brian Jones about you when you were a young man. Yeah, yeah. I, want I suppose if you're stoned, it's even more so. Hey? Yeah, I suppose if, you're st if, if someone's stoned, you look even more like Brian Jones. Yeah, exactly. No, no, and it's particularly then, you know, stoned and young, and yeah, uh, yeah even yeah, definitely. Um, How are you doing, Robbie? Just for a, for a second, to, to, to get a little bit current, because I know that you kind of got uh, yeah, go you know, some ideas about this. What is 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 Gozo in lockdown? Because we're we're not really allowed to leave our homes at the moment unless yeah, it's no. you know an emergency. What's the situation there? Why do you think there? I'm phoning radio presenters that I know? <laughs> are you going crazy? I'm going crazy. <laughs> um, no, we are in lockdown, and we're a tiny little island, and as yet have uh, no cases uh, at all. Mm. Um, so, because uh, the only way you can get onto this island is by a little ferry, uh, and right. we're not letting anyone on, uh, and not letting anyone off. Uh, Brilliant. And um, so I wave goodbye to Tracy, who introduced me to you via some the Twitter account, which she started she ran up the Twitter, in those yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's how I got to know you, Ian. And um, she left. It was like the last scene of Casablanca. She, she's gone. Uh, one of the last planes out of here. Uh, and I'm stuck here. But, but to be fair, uh, there's been no... Uh, th th there's, th there's cases in Malta, about 300, but no deaths. And on Gozo, none at all. But we are, we are locked down. But, um, but you were telling we're me that you, got, you, you, you trained for this as a kid. Were you in an iron well, lung? Yeah, well, the, the, I, I am. I've, I am no stranger to pandemics. Um, uh, when I was uh, four, um, the, the polio was rife, and, and particularly yeah. rife, um, um, cat in the northwest of England. Uh, as your gran will tell you, and mind you, I must have went out with your gran, as, as Ian said. But um, and she's a bit older than I, you, Robin. But I not will, by much. wouldn't have stopped. <laughs> wouldn't have stopped him. <laughs> I was, uh, I was um, very. Uh, in fact, I was. I don't know whether this, I've got this picture that I found, and my Twitter account, as you most of you know, is just fun and it's celebratory and it's it, it, it's just funny anecdotes and and waffle. Uh, but uh, but I found this picture um, today actually of me yeah. and my friend David sitting at Rotten Row in Southport uh, by the pond and uh, we both swam in that pond. Three weeks later he was dead uh, and I was um, in an iron lung. 
for, and I was in hospital for nine months and came out in a wheelchair and was told I would never, ever walk again. Uh, and so get over it. Um, so um, you, you wonder at the time how careful people were. They, they obviously weren't. They, they, I, yeah. I, it's, they didn't know how it was being caught. They, um, uh, and, and it was, it was rife. And we, we, if, you, if you're stupid enough to Google iron lungs, you'll see pictures of rows and rows of people. We look like chickens with their heads poked out. Oh, it's um, an incredible sight. In other it? words, to answer your question, yes, I, I'm qu- quite well prepared for self-isolation, having been shoved in a room for nine months. And what are you doing, and, apart from harassing radio hosts? Yeah. Uh, what are you? Are you watching films? Are you reading? Are you? Are you? What are you I'm, doing? I'm. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading Max Hastings' uh, The History of Vietnam, which I've always wanted to read, which is a long yeah. book and needs a bit of concentration. I've now got time for that. Um, I'm reading Jonathan Coe's What a Carve Up. I've got a few going on at the same time. A couple of Tintin yeah. books going. Um, uh, and I'm. Um, feeding cats and um, rescuing them as I always do and um, and uh, in fact I was bitten quite badly by one of these cats just before all this happened and had all the injections and stuff so well you can probably hear some banging in the background that would be two of my four cats are dicking around like idiots my, my two youngest cats have just been done and one's just had her um what's the called cone. The, the cone taken off her she's so making she's making the most of it she is so they're running around like absolute idiots tonight. what are you doing pats just how, how many cats you got I've got I've got four. I had five, but my my girl who was nearly twenty one passed away recently, oh. so I'm down to four now. I love it. Twenty one. Best. Yeah, nearly twenty one. Yeah, proper old lady. It was wonderful. But with my velvet, she passed away a little while ago, and so I've got. But you must four. have had. I'm not quite sure how old you are, but you 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 that's you that's all your life. You know. Oh, but may God bless life. you, Robin. May God bless. Yeah, I know, but a lot of your back. life. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I had her for about 19 years. So um, oh. yeah, I, I, I knew her before I met my wife, before I had my kids, and I said, you know, they're the best companions. I, I don't. I like dogs. I don't really get them. I, cats. Mm. Yeah, I was no, saying I'm to the Kath, same. I'm the same. I was saying to Kath this evening. These cats. This. We're in their house. We're their playground. Yeah. No, I love them. I. I was. I. Um. You know, I disappear, as you know, for, for, for whole periods of time. People think, where the hell's he gone? But I, you know, have a really good life, and I, because I do yeah. a lot of sailing as well, that's the other thing I do. But I was rescuing, I remember I was rescuing this cat under a, a particularly oily lorry. It ran under this lorry near the harbour here. And Robson Green was filming something here. And yeah. I don't know Robson Green. And um, I chased this cat and tr- to try and cook, because it had a bad eye and it needed catching and taking to the vet and sorting out. And so I got underneath this um, truck, this <laughs> lorry, and co- yeah. got covered in oil. And the vet, <laughs> and these terrible noises are scratched. And, and I've come out of this, uh, of underneath this lorry with a, with a screaming cat covered in oil and I was covered in oil and Robson Green looked up and said I can't impersonate his voice he said I always wonder what happened to Robin Asquith <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I thought that's just great you know and I just um, uh, it was you know I wish Twitter or something was around then because I would have got yeah. him to take a picture and, what, um, what was the thing you're doing with Stuart Lee I love Stuart Lee I, and the, the two of you working together seems an odd one yeah yeah, a lot of people say that. And, and Stuart, Stuart being Stuart, he likes to be seen with me more and more because he knows right. it, causes, um, it, it causes controversy. Yeah, um, yeah. 
He loves it. He, uh, d- 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 it is great. We had lunch the other day and, and waffling on and and um, chatting away about this, that, and the other. And he he's he's got this theory. He said, Do you know, he said, you know why you are a legend. I said, well, well, I, I don't consider anything in those terms. He said, no, I'll tell you why you're a, le- a legend in a Stuart Lee voice. He said, because to be a legend, you have to be famous, but you have to get through being a has-been. Yeah, yeah. That, and I thought that was so good. So, no, Stuart, um, uh, what, what, what's happened is, um, do you know the band The Nightingales? Yes, of course, yeah. Uh, um, well, well, Stuart's, um, I won't call him Stu because that's that, because it's, it's Stuart, but he, yes. he calls himself Stu, but it's Stuart. And he, um, he, he's very friendly with Robert Lloyd, uh, and he's making a film. He found the uh, Nicholas Monroe King Kong sculptor, uh, the, the statue that was yeah. plonked in, um, in, the, in the middle of Birmingham. I think it was in the 70s when they were were donating statues and pieces of works of art to cities and they could keep them for six months to see how they sat and then the the city could buy them or chuck them away. And Birmingham chose to chuck away this King Kong statue. And Stuart found this statue in, in some dump or somewhere he found it lying by a river or something and he thought this was a huge sort of allegorical tale of Birmingham and Robert mm-hmm. Lloyd you know Birmingham was famous for having iconic figures uh, and throwing them out um, so he's made this film uh, called um, King Rocker um, about um, Robert Lloyd and uh, I have had some involvement with Robert Lloyd oh brilliant nude, naked involvement with Robert Lloyd, uh, which fascinated Stuart, uh, and we've done some filming, and um, I'm told it's quite funny. So that's I'm just Googling Robert Lloyd (laughs) nude. Doesn't... um... Doesn't Robin sound young? Yeah, he really does. Got, I'm, I'm normally very good, Robin, at guessing people's ages from their voices. I, I would, I would, ne- I, you know, I would never guess that you're over seventy. Yeah, well, I'm not over seventy. That's why. Oh, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, you, you sound right. like a thirty-four-year-old. Oh, thank you very much. I feel like a thirty-four-year-old, actually. Good. I, it's, I, I got most disturbed when uh, my age group is referred to locally as the elderly. I can't just don't <laughs> see it. You know, yeah, we're trying that... to protect the elderly, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, as I go and take food parcels to my neighbours around here, which I do. You know, I go, is anything Can't tell Robin about what your dad said. Yeah, my dad, my dad's 65, and he said, uh, I was thinking, I really must do something for the uh, the older chaps around here. And he said, and I, I thought through the neighbours, and I realised I was the older chap. <laughs> but Robin, I love you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for getting in touch. When this madness is over, and it yes. will end, we will come out the other will. side. Um, yeah. Let's come, come over, come in the studio. Let's all go out for a meal or something. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Be and my I, treat. And I, I want to look in Kath's eyes to see if she's nodded off or if she's genuinely quite interested in my waffle. <laughs> Robin, I'm very interested, Robin. You're such a lovely man, and you're so kind. And thank you so much for sending that email. I was, I, I was absolutely thrilled, and I, I look uh, forward to seeing a, you again, blast. mate. I, I, I love talking to you both. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. We should probably take a break. We've missed two. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.